One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that builds biographical bridges between our guests and you. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Molly Deckart. Molly has worked in the nonprofit arts world for the past 15 years, most recently as the new executive director at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers. Molly got a degree in fine arts from Boise State University. She founded and served as the executive director for both the Boise Film Foundation and the Idaho Horror Film Festival, one of the largest film festivals in Idaho. She was named one of Idaho. Business Review's Women of the Year in 2020 for her work in the arts. She says her hobbies and interests include spending time with her family, working in the garden, and she says she loves to paint. Now it's time to find out where music fits into all of that. Hey there, Molly. How you doing? I'm good, Mike. Uh, so I did a little research, and I discovered that despite the fact that you started a horror film festival, you don't like scary movies. It's How did that happen? We, we will get more into it later, but what's the short version of that? Um, the short version of that is they scare me. And um, the reason now I love them is because it is a medium that emerging filmmakers make. What's the scariest movie that you could handle? Oh, my gosh. Zero. None of them. I, I always, thought maybe there's one called Zero. I, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm always sweaty. It just makes me sweaty and uncomfortable. Well, um, I, I relate to that, but you got to pick one. Oh. Gosh, the scariest movie that I can handle? Like Toy Story 3. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would say the one that I tolerated all the way through was like The Ring. The Ring? Huh. Yeah. huh. I didn't see that because I thought it was too scary. That's great, Mike. <laughs> I don't watch scary movies. I quit in my 20s because I thought, you are what you eat. And if I don't watch all that stuff, my brain will not have it for <laughs> fodder to deal with other you things. Know you have True. Midnight sitting behind you, right? Tara, big into horror. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm the, I'm our Nightmare Theater horror hostess with the mostest, <gasps> Moria Midnight. Oh, my gosh. That's right. A little reveal for our audience. <laughs> I love it. As seen on PBS. Um, okay, so let's get to the normal show here. Uh, what was <laughs> the musical background of your childhood? What was happening around you musically, parents, the world around you? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I kind of grew up in a household that music was constantly present grandparents, parents. Um, and that was back in the days when you had to buy a whole album and mm -hmm. you really couldn't pick and choose which songs you like. So I found myself through this kind of social experiment in choosing albums that meant something to me. Um, but yeah, I just grew up with a lot of vinyl and tapes. And I remember, you know, when I would get sick as a child, my mom would come home with a record like, if I had to, a tummy to, bug. To she ease was like, your pain. Yes, I remember one year she bought me a go-go record, and I was like, this is amazing. What were your parents' musical tastes? Um, Everything. My mom, you know, my mom grew up in the 60s, so we, we listened to a lot of, you know, music that was meaningful to her at that point. So, like, 60s, 70s, uh, Paul Simon is always on any, to this day. Any musical memories associated with your grandparents? Oh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah? Yes. All the time. Um, if I ask you to try to recall an early musical memory, what pops into your head? Um, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm. Just its bigness, its presence, the way it took over the world. I remember when it debuted, I was just a little tyke. 
uh, on MTV, and then my mom bought me the record. And I remember being four years old and just playing that album over and over and over. How about music that moved you somehow when you were a kid, or even a teenager? Oh, well, if we're talking teenage years, I would definitely say Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Was that the first band that you became attracted to? No, I liked a lot of bands. Um, I really discovered my love for live music in my teens, but one of the best shows that I saw in my teens happened to be uh, Rage Against the Machine. They did a show at the old prison in Boise, Idaho. And it was the first and last show. It was great. Stanford Prison Experiment played with them. It was just a big, dusty mess. And it was awesome because you were surrounded by these sandstone walls and just this throng of children and teenage angst and, you know, their powerful message. It was the first and last concert held in that prison because the thing about prisons is it's hard to get out. So it took us two hours to get out of that concert. And I remember my parents just being livid. Uh, They did not believe me that it took that long to exit said concert. So you grew up in Boise? Yeah. I grew up in New Jersey, and then we moved to to Idaho. What's Boise like? I've never been to Idaho. Uh, That's like one of the few states I have never had reason to pass through. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful states I've ever seen. I've had an opportunity to travel the U.S. Uh, It's vast. And uh, Boise as a whole is is progressive and wonderful and um, has a really supportive infrastructure for art and artists. Um, they've, they've, they're really pushing in a direction that's, that's surprising. I think people go to Boise and they're like, oh, this place is really cool. Is it kind of like, uh, like Austin, Texas would be or Lawrence, Kansas, where it's like a little, you know, little culturally progressive area in a otherwise sea of red. Yes. Yes. It's the blueberry and the cherry pie. It's the blueberry and the cherry pie. Okay. Um, uh, Did you play musical instruments? Were there any being played around you? No, I was forced to play piano and cello for a while, and I fired my piano teacher when I was six. So that was it. Didn't take. Didn't take. Uh, in high school, did you play? I mean, did you were you involved with music at all? Or was, no, 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 I really leaned fine arts. So interested in painting, but music really influenced my painting. Hmm. How yeah. so? Just how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially abstract was really nice. You know, set to music, sometimes jazz, sometimes harder things. You know, just we had uh, Maria Collier on this show, who's an uh, abstract artist who's shown at the Alliance, and oh. she actually listens to or she names each painting after a song that inspired the painting or in some way is related to the painting. I believe that. Hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, okay, it's time for your first song. Okay. What is it? What do you- <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to talk about it now? Would you like to listen to it first? What, would you what like is it? You tell us what it is. Okay, so this was a hard one because um, all of Paul Simon's Graceland album is anthemic to my childhood specifically. Um, I Know What I Know is one of my favorites just because it has that wonderful like Soweto kind of feel to it. Um, but we listened to this. It was on tape at that time. We listened to this entire album anytime we went to the Jersey Shore, anytime we went on a car trip. And um, I think it's 
this particular album speaks to me too because my youngest my younger sister is dyslexic and she could not memorize a song and this album played so much that she actually committed it to memory so i remember it being you know pretty monumental to see her all of a sudden like singing along to it mm-hmm. so it just it just hit a lot of notes for me um do you sing along to songs Yes. Are you a singer in public? No. No. No, no, no. no karaoke. Then. Oh my gosh. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Okay, so if you were driving around um, to the Jersey Shore listening to this, what kind of car would it have been? My mom had a blue Toyota minivan. The ones with those really like smushed little front noses. Yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it had like the engine block between the like the front oh, yeah, seat yeah, and the yeah. back it was seat. Like, it was like and it would get really hot. <laughs> Okay, well, let's imagine that as we listen to this. Uh, This is I Know What I Know by Paul Simon from his 1986 uh, album Graceland that kind of took over the world. When was the last time you listened to that? Um, I listen to it regularly still. Yeah? Yeah. Do you listen to it piecemeal or do you listen to the album? I listen to the whole album. Yeah? Is that common for your listening habits or is that this album? Yeah, I'm a big vinyl girl, so it's really hard to, like, switch back. You know, you've got to, like, find it and the needle scratches, so I just let it rip. Uh, So you have, like, vinyl sound system at home? I do. In Boise, it has not yet made it here. Oh. I'm missing it. Well, you got to rectify that. I, Yeah. So how do you listen to music then? Spotify. Yeah? Yeah. On like a Bluetooth speaker or something yeah. like that? Just pump it through the house. You see, yeah, you sound like you're not so happy about that. I'm not. Tara, I say something, just... Tara. Oh, hello. Hey, Hi. there, we finally have Tara. So, <laughs> oh. Sorry. I, I said it sounded like you were lamenting the fact that you were listening on via Spotify and not your vinyl records. Yeah, you know, there's just something buttery and like just rich sounding about what vinyl, vinyl would you be listening to right now if you could listen to any of the vinyls in your collection? I'm a big fan of Glass Animals. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I like all their albums. I right. don't even know who that is. <gasps> they, they almost made the cut on this one for yeah. me. Describe yeah. Glass Animals for our audience. Uh, Glass Animals is a British band. Um, they are super young. One of their albums, um, gosh, what is the name of that album? I can totally see the cover. The name escapes me, but they um, wrote almost vignettes for each song with characters in mind. So they all kind of tell a different story. Um, they're just cool. Hmm. I love them. Um, yeah, it says they're a, a psychedelic pop band. Is yeah. how they are they are uh, described. From also when? Also great. In 2010. Co- yeah. 2010. Yeah. yeah, they're relatively new. Oh. I have very, very narrow scope of musical understanding for somebody who mostly hosts a musically based show. It's kind of fun. (laughs) That's kind of like me hosting a horror film festival. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the the blueberry and the the, The cherry cherry pie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you remember the first music that you owned? Yeah, like, Michael Jackson's Thriller. The, oh, well, no, the one what? that you chose. One, oh. that, one that you had some sort of agency to go out and, and select and take home or you know, ask for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Ah, uh, gosh. I'm trying to, like, think back into my mental Rolodex of, of what I purchased. Um, 
I would say it was Bon Jovi. Yeah, living yeah. on a prairie yes. in New Jersey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> New Jersey, that makes sense, right? Yeah, and I used to play it on like one of those giant boom boxes, and I remember my neighbor came over and offered me $20 to shut it off. Did you take it? I sure did. <laughs> did you keep playing it? Was there ter- I just were, went inside. Were there terms of how long it had to be off? <laughs> no. Um, what was your first, uh, do you remember your first portable music device? Because oh. you would have probably been around, you know, you know, tape, maybe tape Walkman. Yeah, yeah, it was a Walkman. That was like my first that I had total ownership of. I did have some crappy big boombox that was popular in the '80s too, but I couldn't really count that because it was clunky and hard to move around, and obviously annoyed the neighbors. I had like one of the lame boomboxes. You know, you had the kids that had the really cool looking boomboxes, and then my parents got me like one that was just like, oh man. I'm embarrassed by my boombox. <laughs> I remember my mom like took it away from me one time as punishment, and I got my sister's like tan Fisher Price like oh boy, real crappy little one. I just mine was it. cooler than that. Um, <laughs> uh, in high school, what was your main musical vibe? Oh gosh, I really started to get into hip hop in high school. Also, you know, back to the whole Rage Against the Machine. Um, that kind of music of protest was was big um, for me. Uh, but yeah, hip hop, you know, that kind of like mid 90s, just I think every high school in America, you know, every high schooler was digging on that. So do you remember what the theme to your senior prom or homecoming would have been if it had a theme? Is it wrong? I didn't go. No, it's not wrong at all. I just thought it was dumb. I oh. just never participated <laughs> in school dances. So you don't remember your first school dance then, no. clearly. No. Okay. Um, okay. Um, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. what did you want to be when you grew up? A marine biologist. A marine Me biologist. Too. Ah! Same thing. That was the first job I e- first career I ever aspired to, and I was little. Like I was too. Six. Was that when you were still clearly in Jersey? Because yes. you wouldn't have thought that up in in Boise. Uh, yeah, that would. <laughs> I was also harder. New Jersey. This is great. But yes, all roads lead to Jersey, and they all lead to marine biology. <laughs> so, at what point did you wind up switching lanes to end up studying fine arts in college? That's you know, um, my mom is an artist. Um, on my dad's side. We have a deep bench of artists as well. My uncle uh, is an artist. Like visual artists? Yeah, they all are. And um, I just I just gravitated towards it. Plus, in high school, I was terrible in math. So I needed, you know, some outlets. <laughs> yeah, that's when I knew I wasn't going to be a marine biologist. I was like, oh, this is really hard. Yeah, there's chemistry involved. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, biology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, so when you started college at, um, was Boise? Boise State. Boise State. Mm-hmm. And it's Boise, right? Not Boise. Yes. I, I caught you Boise. kind of clearly saying it that way yeah. after I said Boise the first time. I'm trying to say Boise. So when you did study art in college, what did you see your trajectory as being at that point? Were you looking to be a professional visual artist or were you looking to just get into the art world? Uh, no, a professional visual artist. So you were painter? Yep. Drawer? Yep. Still? Uh, no, not since children. It's been hard to pick up a brush. Huh. Yeah. Are your kids artistic? Um, yes. Not, not, um, outwardly so. My oldest is a really skilled, um, pen and ink. Hmm. 
kind of gal, um, but they're all very creative in their own ways. Yeah. Um, when you drive around in the car, do you ever listen to music on the radio? Not like the satellite radio or the Spotify radio, just the radio. Well, yeah, I listen to NPR. Oh, but and not music. Not music. I can't stand the commercials. But I do have the, um, yeah, satellite, you know, whatever that is. What's your go-to channel for it? Uh, well, my kids like rap. And then I like the indie rock station called The Spectrum. The Spectrum. So we, as discussed earlier, we, um, you talked about or you launched a film festival. Mm-hmm. You were the founder of it or yes. co-founder or yeah, something co-founder. like that? Yeah, co-founder. So why did you decide to launch a film festival and why did you decide to make it horror? Right. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I was frustrated by the number of creative friends that I had that were leaving the state that I chose to live in. And quite frankly, they wanted to be there, too. Uh, there wasn't enough jobs uh, th- just to keep them anchored to the state. And that's when I really started getting passionate about how do we create a more uh, equitable infrastructure to keep creative people in Idaho. And uh, we passed some incentives through the legislature. They passed and were never funded. So that was also, also super frustrating. Unfunded mandate. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, ugh, like sticking your thumb in your eye. Um, but what I found through that process of talking to all the filmmakers regarding this film bill was that they had all made a horror film. And then I started doing some research about even really well-known directors. They all have a, a horror film in some shape or form in their filmography. And I thought, well, if we need community buy-in and we need people to embrace the concept that film is, is good for an economy, for, you know, a, a city's culture, how do we do this? And so um, we chose horror because it has such a broad, it paints with such a broad brush. Um, it has a huge spectrum, you know, from children's movies all the way up to the real, real gory stuff. And we thought that because this is what emerging filmmakers are making, we could really provide them a platform to screen their work. So how did you, like, how did that first year go? Did you find a venue? Did you? Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah. It's, we still have the same venue. It's a beautiful historic theater in downtown Boise. It holds 750 people. Holy cow. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's all gilded. It's that beautiful 20s, like Egyptian style. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, you, you're going to come to the Fort Myers Film Festival? I sure no? am. Okay. I don't Are we, we going to have a horror film festival here sometime? Sometime? Oh. Sometime? You know, gosh. <laughs> I know a hostess with the mostest that you I would love to, to talk to I you about I know a couple that. venues. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> Between the three of us, we got this. It's true. Um, did you ever get any uh, festival uh, submissions that were too horrific? Yes. Yeah. And usually just because the... Um, not really because the storyline was scary, but just the content. Like, um, I would say rape culture is something that pops up quite a bit in yeah. in horror movies, and I just wasn't willing to go there. So, um, uh, Did you have just a really good screening committee since you don't like scary movies? Or that, did you actually submit yourself to them because you were the head honcho? I did. That first year, I screened all 400 films. Wow, uh, Susan Becker and I. Oh, gosh, it did. <laughs> but, you know, some of those really bad ones are so great. Right. You know, just it was fun. Um, did, did any of this fil- film fi- the films that you screened in- end up going on to, like, distribution that we might recognize? 
Oh, distribution. Something that wound up on Netflix or something like that. I don't think there was, there's been many for the Fort Myers Film Festival, so maybe not. You know, I, yes, I think that there has been some. I can't think of any on top of my head. Um, Wes Alley, who is a Boise guy, he lives in L.A. now. Um, he's had commercial success. And then, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of Dan Myrick, and he's a friend. So we've screened a lot of his work over the years, and he's had some new projects that definitely has had distribution. Um, but, yeah, shorts are harder. Oh, yeah, shorts. Yeah. Unless it's a, at the beginning of a Pixar film, you're not going to see a short film. Yeah. <laughs> unless you go to a film festival. Yes. That's it. Exactly. I think I don't understand why Netflix doesn't have an entire short film catalog. They should. I mean, they should. There, there would be, they could put a thousand in there that were great in the blink of an eye, and these were films that nobody gets to ever see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. are you still involved at all? Yeah, I'll stay on the board. Okay. Yeah. Uh, will you go back for it? I think that is going to be dictated by my current role here. I have time and energy. Understood. Yeah. Um, Okay. Time for your second song. Okay. You want to just like dive right into this? We can. Okay. Do you want to just play it? It's a long one. Do you guys want to play this one? No, of course. We play long songs. Do you remember Lydia's long song, Mike? Uh, It was... uh, uh, Harry Hood by Harry! Fish. It was 21 minutes long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, I listened to the entire thing. <laughs> we actually Love did. It. We pretended no, we, to. Yeah. We lied and said we could. But, <laughs> but she had to leave to go pick up our children. So yeah. we, had to... <laughs> we had to cut it short. <laughs> it's a true story. Uh, do you want to tell a story before this or do you want to just play it? It's up to you. Um, I'll just give you some backstory on sure, this. Sure, sure. So this kind of. This again is representational in the period of, of time in my life, particularly college. So this was a big period of exploration, and it was kind of defined by this 70s rock that we all discovered as an artistic group of friends. So, Okay. I've never heard this before. I'm not even familiar with this band or this song or anything. It's a great album. Tara Babe Ruth, a song called King Kong. Let's do this. From their 1972 album, First Base. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there were some intoxicants involved, perhaps. Yeah, some some experimentation. Potential experimentation. Yes, potential. Oh, so where was that taking you when you were listening to it? What were you thinking about? Where was it taking me? Yeah, well, just Usually in, you to the bottom of a bottle with some friends. No, um, I mean, like, in terms of thinking back on those times and things like that. Yeah, you know, this was a... It's a really sweet spot for me with this, this album... Um, just that whole like again 70s rock the kind of like arena rock of that time we listened to a lot of Queen but just thinking you know going through this concept of three song stories this particular time just kept coming back to me as a time where I really started to um, I guess channel my defiance of high school into more action and my friends we kind of all did that together um, and artistically, you know, this song was easy to put on and you weren't distracted by lyrics. And we were painting and designing sets. And I had friends that were were writing heavily at that point. And it was just such a great time in my life. We didn't really work at that time. We went to school. Um, and we wrote and painted and... It was just kind of dreamy when you look back at it. 
I think yeah. I took that time for granted. Um, were you a good student? Did you like graduate and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, good is you know, in in classes I loved. Yes, I would say I wasn't knocking it out of the park on all of them. What was your main? You mentioned painting. You mentioned abstract. Was that your main thing, or describe the scope of your artistic? pursuits back then oh boy i would paint on anything i could get my hands on pizza boxes particularly because those were always available we'd like cut the cardboard paint on the lids um i i still have a a deep love for oils it's kind of my go-to uh i really love sculpture there was a great sculpture professor at boise state that i didn't think i'd like it and i did particularly Making armatures and, and sculpting faces was a lot of fun. You mentioned set. Were you going to say something, Tara? I would say, is there a project maybe that you remember working on, especially maybe during this time with this album that you kind of think back on, or maybe you still have potentially any pieces from that time? Yeah. Um, I. So we, I did not, but my friends wrote a show called There's Chinese Tunnels in Boise, and it's just, it was so funny to us at the time because it really called out a lot of people in the city um, in a loving, joking manner, but we had a lot of fun writing that um, and I was was painting their like little movable sets at that point because it was being performed around town so, you know, they're they're sketching it out and refining it and I'm painting sets What do you, you look know? like? Oh my gosh, we had, well it was the f- there's a myth that there are Chinese tunnels underneath downtown Boise of these old opium dens, which, you know, sometimes they do find some weird stuff when they're, you know, digging up the street. Uh, whether or not that's true, we have no idea. But we use that Be kind of a good of basis a, for a horror film. Right. Yeah, you totally could. I was just going to say that. Actually, at the bottom of the theater that we screen at, there is an entrance to a tunnel. Oh. You can see it. If you're real lucky, they'll take you down there. Um, but yeah, we just, we did these kind of like metaphorical, like, tunnels that you enter in and out of so do you ever wind up on stage no any desire to no do you ever uh submit your work to like juried exhibits and stuff like that tried not to tried not to yeah did you always succeed in not doing it yeah pretty much i mean i painted for myself and so i always found that public exhibition very painful for me. I'm kind of a shy person when it comes to that. And now you run a place that does that all the time. All the time. <laughs> like I said, I like being behind the scenes. I want to support the hell out of it, but yeah. Um, uh, do you remember your first concert that you went to that would be like a real concert? It was, uh, yeah, it was MC Hammer. Wow. <laughs> That's With the pants. Yes. <laughs> totally. I remember leaving like, that was awesome. It's like in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, Favorite concert of all time or most memorable? Oh, gosh, I have so many. I mean, Rage Against the Machine in a prison is pretty memorable. It's up there. Besides that. that. Yeah, I'd love it if you could top that. Oh, I don't know that I can in terms of just like the atmosphere of that concert. I've seen a lot of good music over the years. Um, I think the Gorge is a great place to see a concert up in Washington. See, I've seen a lot, like Tom Petty and um, Dave Matthews does a great live show. Um, that that venue is always a lot of fun. We call Dave, right? He always does it. I mean, that that amphitheater up there is so great because you camp. 
So it becomes like a three, four day experience, which is also a lot of fun. Have you done any concert seeing, you know, since having kids? I know that can kind of put a damper on things sometimes. No, I de- yeah, and my kids go too. So no, you no, haven't, yeah, you've no. continued. Yes. What was the last one you saw before we, the concerts kind of got shut down? Um, I saw Glass Animals. Huh. Yeah. I was thinking about that. And your kids went with you as well? No, my sister did for oh, that fun. one. Okay. Yeah. Do you and your husband's musical tastes align? Yes, for any, the most part. Any? He, what are the He does not like hip-hop. No. He, he's out on that, yeah. Uh, your kids, uh, you've got, how old are your kids? I have three. So I've got two girls, 15 and 11, and I've got a nine-year-old boy bringing up the rear. Um, are there, is there... Any music they're bringing into your frame of reference that you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Or I don't really Cardi like. Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah. Okay. I'm always like, um, excuse me, can you turn that down? The neighbors are, I'm sure, trying to put their kids to sleep and they're horrified. Are they musical? Are they any of them playing instruments or anything? Yes. My oldest one has a wonderful ability to play by ear, which I think is really rare. So she plays the electric guitar, acoustic, um, she can play anything. Huh. Yeah. Um, what about going to see shows like at, uh, you know, musical theater, things like that? Is that part of your routine? Um, my, yeah, as much as we can. Boise isn't really known for its musical theater, you know, prowess. But I did do a trip with Mia, my middle one, to New York, and we did see shows, and it was oh, wonderful. Oh, cool. Once yeah. things get going around here, we've got a really great theater scene. I love it. <laughs> we do. It's uh, it's crazy how good our music, our theater scene in general is around here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about movies that are musicals? Is that is there anything that you've associated with or that you like in your life, like... Oliver, Annie, or, you know, <laughs> things like that. I don't think Oliver made it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I liked hair. Okay. <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, and cats. Jeez. I feel like I saw cats probably nine times. The movie? Up. You know, just like the, yeah, I mean, I actually liked the movie Cats. The, the new one? Yeah, I took Mia. I Spend did. some time, defend it, because you're I'm the first r- person I've right. met. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, right? I think it was really challenging to make a stage production into a film, and it was really weird. It kind of felt like um, Moulin Rouge in that sense that it was just... But I liked the Moulin Rouge. I didn't actually watch the new Cats. It just looked terrifying to me. It is terrifying. I mean, it was, but my daughter loved it, and I left going like, wasn't that bad? I still like the music. really, right? My daughter went to see it with her best friend, and they came out of the bell tower, and they were walking toward the car, and I looked at her, and she mouthed, what? Yeah. <laughs> WTF. Yeah. yeah. I get that. So, so that was my, that's my only like data point on it. Um, so you don't do karaoke? No. Do you dance? Yes. Yeah? Love dancing. Okay. Um, this is a new question. I'm going to try out. Ready, Tara? Let's do it. Um, do you have a nickname that stuck over the course of your life with your friends and family, or et cetera? I like that. Ooh. That you're willing to share. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My my mom calls me Malski. Malski? Yeah. And friends have picked up on that over the years. So Malsky. some of them are like, Malski. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, now that's you, out Mike? there in the world. Like, Mike, what about you? Oh, my, 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 everyone knows my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> well, <Molly knows laughs> what is it? My nickname is Meathead. Oh, I like Molsky better. Which started back in uh, middle school. And it's evolved over the years. For a while, I was just head. Then I was headly for a while. (laughs) (laughs) There's people who only know me by that name. What about you, Tara? Well, I have, like, parent nicknames. My mom used to call me Lolly, like Lollipop. My dad used to call me Boo, like A Boo Boo, like Mm -hmm. from Yogi and Boo. And then more recently, Andrea Perdomo has dubbed me uh, T-Rock. Yeah, or T-Cal, Tara Calligan. Yeah. Cute. (laughs) My mom told me that because they didn't know how whether I was going to be a boy or a girl mm-hmm. I was going to be Molly <gasps> I would have been a Molly Aww. listen I've never met a Molly that I don't like and um, growing up I always heard oh I have a dog named Molly oh. I'm like yeah okay cool <laughs> do you have any te- a lot. do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that you'd sing with us if we played it on YouTube no I don't watch a lot of TV you don't know any TV theme songs okay um, hold on give her a second <laughs> I'm looking thinking. at her I'm like hold on there's got to be one in there. Probably Law and Order, but I can't even sing that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the little in the bed, like... We should start practicing these beforehand. So we really could actually, Because we could, if we all like knew our parts, we could do the Law and Order theme song. Right. We're not going to do it dun, like dun, off dun, the cuff. Dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to do the gavel? That's what I want to know. I'll do that. Uh, okay, um, we're about to get to your third song, but um, if you were a championship wrestler, what would be the music you came into the arena on? Oh, wow. Gosh, these are good ones. Does everybody get this wrestling? Yeah. Uh, mostly, well, within the last year or so. First two years, we, we didn't have it yet. It we add new questions here and there, just like the nickname question just that like you the got for the first question. time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Your championship wrestler, everyone's like, Mom. And then this Mosky, is your song. Mosky. They're going nuts. I They're... mean, I kind of feel like you could love a bad name by Bon Jovi. There you going go. back yeah. to that. I love that. Shut through the heart. I love that for you. I do. What would be your wrestler name? Oh, we already decided it's Molsky. Molsky. Ah, sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> and if it's for the mighty Molsky, it's like a Coen Brothers. Yeah, it does yeah. sound like a Coen um, Brothers movie. Yeah, and last question for a third song is: If a bartender made a drink that was distilled, you what would it be comprised of? Oh, totally. I already have it. We call it. All my friends call it the Yuge because I always order it. Um, it's just Tito's soda with a splash of grapefruit. It's totally boring and if i'm feeling real good about it it has a splash of uh saint germain nice okay the huge that's perfect okay Okay. time for song number three um another song i have no knowledge of ah i love this (laughs) okay so uh lyrics born is an asian american rapper out of the bay area he usually performs with a live band um just Super creative. Again, listen to his whole album. This is one. Oh, golly. Sorry about that. This is one that um, my kids and I listen to a lot. It plays a lot making dinner, you know, cleaning the house, just whole album. Um, this is the one you said that you it would be explicit, so you needed to know if you had to have it changed. Yeah, there's so just a So you're pretty little. freewheeling at the house with the kids. There. I am. My mom always... Um, yeah, she censored my music. 
throw it out the car window, CDs, things like that. She was really anti. And out I think the car window. Out the car so window. So she was a litterer. She was. <laughs> yes. Adam Sandler's album with Fatty McGee coming up the stairs oh, when great. he was like wheezing. Yeah. She thought somehow that that was sexual and like literally flung it off our deck. And I was like, that wasn't even mine. <laughs> Like, now I have to replace that. And by the way, it's a comedy album. So I think just like, I was like, great, thanks. I'm totally broke. And now I got to go buy and replace this thing that I just happened to. So you decided once you were in charge of kids, you were just going to be like, let's just do this. Aren't we all guilty of doing that? Like with the pendulum, like your parents push you one way and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? Not that. Alex P. Keaton. Yes. Yes. Totally. So, yeah, I don't censor their music. Okay, so then back to this song and why it's here. I just, again, love this album. Um, Big fan of all of his music. Love the live component that he brings to hip-hop. And he's also just a cool guy. If you haven't checked out his Instagram, he's a lot of fun. Um, And plus, I love his bassist, Uriah Duffy. He also works with, like, Fantastic Negrito and... They just all have this like wonderful network in the Bay Area, and I just wind up listening to all of them. Ever seen them live? Yes. Where? Uh, San Francisco, the Independent Theater, and I've seen them in Boise twice. Wow. Yeah. We got to get them here. Who do they play with? Um, Do you remember like more often, or is it usually them by themselves? Usually them by themselves. I mean, they have different openers, but it's not like a package deal. Yeah. Are you familiar with them, Tara? I'm not. That's why I'm very excited. I am not familiar with uh, your last two songs. He's at all. great, and I think he went to high school in Tampa. So he probably plays Florida. I don't. I know. mean, maybe not right now, but uh, maybe you know. not right now. I know he hosted I mean, outside. He plays lands. Idaho. He probably plays Florida, right? Or is that Jeez. a misstatement? Sorry. I don't, uh, there, are, there are artists and musicians who do completely avoid the state of Florida. Yeah, and it's so. not really on the way to anywhere. Yeah, it's not. It's a destination for sure. Well, we got to get him here. Yeah. You have a venue. Right. (laughs) I'm so excited about that venue, by the way. It's up to you, Isn't it great? Mm -hmm. I loved being there because it's like we'd think things up, and then six months later, there would be people doing it. Do you want to explain to our audience what you're talking about? Oh, yes. Because here in the know, people know, but people listening are going, the venue? What? The venue. Yeah. I just uh, took over the executive director position at the Alliance for the Arts. So if you haven't been there, it's... 10 acres of magic. There's so many different um, venues and vignettes for theater and music and fine arts and gosh, I just so much. My, my little ADD hamster wheel is constantly spinning. It's been and, really and great. When, and when I ran away from radio to join the circus, it was the Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came back to radio. And then he came back to us. <laughs> and then, then I brought the circus here. Um, Okay, you want to listen to this? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, All right, this is uh, Calling Out by Lyrics Born from the 2003 album Later That Day. That's also his wife on that track, too. That was funky. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I was grooving that. I was like, oh, I do know this song. Yeah. I think I actually came up on my Spotify. (laughs) I love it. Um, so you said your husband doesn't really, doesn't really dig on the hip hop. He loves lyrics, born. Okay, these are albums that we all agree on. That's Understood. Why in heavy rotation. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how many albums do they have? Oh my gosh, I want to say he's ten. Okay, ten studio albums. Yeah. Wow. How do I not know this person? I love him. 
Now you do. That's back what matters. To back back mm. to my narrow scope again. <laughs> this show has definitely broadened your horizons of music, though. Music, it has, music, but music. not that I remember them all. <laughs> that's why we do our. That's why we do our year in review show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a great way to do it. Um, so, um, podcasts. You're a podcast listener. I am. What are your podcast go tos right now? Ma- well, you know, I'm kind of like every other housewife in America right now, like murder podcasts. I fall asleep to them, which concerns my husband. Um, you are what you eat. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm just always like, oh. Um No, I listen to a lot of news. I love uh, The Moment with Brian Koppelman. What's his last name? Um, there's just a lot. I feel like I consume so many. It's such a great media right now. There was a story on Marketplace yesterday about a new podcast and it's a sort of a new genre or sub subgenre that's be- becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. And you, we, I know you've heard of ASMR, Tara. Oh, yes. I have heard of ASMR. But what this is, is these people put out episodes where they're like, they read the phone book from Birmingham, Alabama in 1963. Yeah. And they t- it's a woman and a man, and they take turns, and they read it for an hour. Or they and they get paper. like a hundred thousand downloads. Yes, <laughs> I, I thought. I mean, or we they should just rub be doing things that. or like. Well, yeah. I've heard of the rubbing things, though. See, all right, so hold on. But this is it. just like one of them is like the the rules of order from you know. I mean, and they just and they have all these people listening. Right I'm now, like, you're going to listen to me shuffle some papers. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we should start. You should start doing this podcast. Like, yeah. Yes. Exactly. In a whisper, I'm going to whisper. <gasps> I'm looking at the audio wave and it's just everything <laughs> against me because of how small they're looking over here. I'm just like, ah! Uh, okay. If Snorting you, a lot in this episode. Here, I'm going to ask the next, que- next question as a whisper. If, if you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet, which would you choose? Oh, man. Broadcast a song into the minds of everyone simultaneously. Wow. I think I might have to go with a Led Zeppelin song. Which one? Black Dog. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, what would you say? <laughs> Thank you for playing along with that. What would you say the most overplayed song of all time is? Uh, anything country. All country uh, is overplayed. All country is overplayed <laughs> in my book. Please stop playing that. Which is not going to play well for me in Florida. Um overplayed Taylor Swift I'm over it any particular song or do you even know it well enough to know I don't even know I just try to block it out when my kids play it Um, if you can learn an instrument instantly which would you choose cello cello Mm -hmm. go back to your roots yeah I love the sound of it Mm. never consider picking up an instrument now and trying and I feel like I already have too little time in the day. It would probably be therapeutic to do so. I just have to carve time out. You could just sit there in your office for 15 minutes. Nobody's going to tell you no. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a sign on the door that says, don't come in. Don't come in. Learn cello cello. Yes. cello time. She's <laughs> learning the harp again. It's a different instrument every week. Yes. Um, besides the two that I'd never heard of, are there any bands of musicians that you're really into that you think our listeners won't be aware of that you just like to give a shout out to? Oh, well, is this a good time to like 
plug bands that I'm friends with? Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> a prime time for that, really. Right? Um, there's a band that I loved back in the day called Tripping Daisy. And they were out of Texas. Huh. I, I like them. I bet you a lot of people don't know who they are. That kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. They had, they had a few songs that like charted, but there's some good ones. What about the bands that you're friends with? Well, we've got Nappy Roots. They're friends of mine. Um, yeah. And they're yes. going to come to Florida. Yes. That would yeah, be, they're that coming would down. Amazing. So When? November. Maybe they can come and do the show. That well, I was going to call them out. I'm at the seeing end. the future yes. here. Yeah. Um, any, are there any bands or musicians that you've gotten into recently, whether they're new or not? Um, Something just entered the rotation. A lot, actually. I'm trying to think. I I've really enjoyed Rainbow Kitten Surprise as of late. Um, they're indie guys out of yeah. North Carolina. You I like, like that kind of Rainbow Kitten pop. Surprise. She, she, I think yeah, I, do. I, I think I've, I got your number right now. It's you that, might. that psychedelic kind of pop rock, you know, because that, um, what was the, the King Kong song definitely gave me Doors. Yeah. You know, those kind of, those kind yeah, of I definitely vibes, picked up on the Doors sure. vibe from that one. Yeah. Especially with the bass. We and actually, the, the lead singer of that band has a fantastic voice. I mean, she's not on that song, but I just kept waiting. I know. You do. <laughs> we didn't know it was instrumental. So me and Tara the whole time were like, yeah. <laughs> yes. But she has a, f- I mean, she's up there with Janis Joplin in terms of her pipes. So you should check her out. Yeah, her name's Jenny band. Han. Yeah. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Yep. That's an interesting name. Sounds like a weird nickname you gave to something. You know, right. it's like Rainbow Kitten Surprise is this thing. Maybe that should be my wrestler name. It's, it's like a cool, it's a cool <laughs> pop band. It could be a K-pop band. I think. Yes. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. We have a, a sort of a, a fake band. Meat that's Bird. The three, Meat Bird. That's the name oh, of the Three Song Stories band. Love it. <laughs> Meat Bird Forever. Meat I don't Bird. Remember Meat why. Bird for Life. Meat Bird for Life. It was because it showed up on like Instagram and it was somebody had made a bird yeah. out of cuts of meat. That's right. I don't know. Anyway. It's on my door. We it's written on my door. I wrote wow. it on his door and I couldn't remember why I even did that. Um, <laughs> So I, I think I know the answer to this is quite a few. Are there any albums that you have to listen to all the way through? It sounds like pretty much every album you play. Yeah, a lot. I got a lot of those. What album have you listened to the most in your life, if you had to guess? Paul Simon's Graceland. Okay. For sure. Um, album you would choose if you can only listen to one ever again? Oh. Oh my gosh, these are so hard. Only one. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I could answer that question because it just sounds like such a hellish experience. Like if you could only listen to one album. You gotta pick something, you know, with some diversity, long. Right. Depends on the person. We won't well, go I, I'm just that, that you know, I'm just thinking, you know, if you gotta have something that has some durability to it, right. some sustainability to it. Probably a fish album then, right? Like just something that's you can just jam out to. Are you a fan of fish? Yeah. Yeah. I like fish. I like Swedish fish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lydia's husband used to be a fish head. Oh my gosh. He was a taper. One of my good <laughs> friends used to bring fish before they were like well known to a bar in Wisconsin. Oh wow. Yeah, promote them, you know. I think he was like one of the original fish heads, he and his buddies, and they still go to fish concerts. Sure. In fact, I think I should call him out at the end of this. He'd be a fun one. You will have that choice. Sure. Yes. Um, favorite band of all time? 
favorite band. These are so hard. You guys didn't tell me it was going to be like this. Um, <laughs> favorite band of all time. We might this, use that for the soundbite. Like you guys didn't. This is not fair. Um, favorite band of all time. Probably has to sit in that lyrics born category. I love going to Amoeba Records in San Francisco and just like. I want to go to mining. Amoeba Records. Yes. Yes. Go to Amoeba Records. It's pretty mind blowing. Have you spent a lot of time in San Francisco? Yes. Do you have like a reason to go there besides it being San Francisco? Yeah. You know, I used to do a lot of film development in the Bay, and then um, my sister lived there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I used to go a lot. Um, what would your 14 year old self think of who you are today? Oh, boy. Um, I think my 14-year-old self would be surprised how political I've become connecting the arts and politics. I think she would have been surprised about that. All right. Well, now it's that time to recommend three people. Yes. Okay. My three people are Dan Myrick, uh, and who is Dan Myrick? Dan Tell Myrick, our listeners. Yes. <laughs> <Hey>, Emmy. <laughs> yes. Uh, he did a very small film. You probably haven't heard of it called The Blair Witch Project. Oh, that guy. That guy. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've done a lot of things over the years. Um, he's actually doing a new episodic series out of Tampa called Tales of the Southern Gothic, um, Black Veil. Tales Where does he of the live? Gothic. He actually lives out in Washington State, but he opened. Um, a studio in Tampa. Well, we'll make that happen. Yeah. That's easy. I have a Blair Witch story. So I do too. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, it was actually, <laughs> I love, I love horror movies. I love them since I was a young kid and watching them when I should not have been watching them. <laughs> the Blair Witch Project, because it was one of the first horror movies that I'd seen, like, you know, the mockumentary type thing. I thought it was real and it came out when I was in, I think, third, fourth grade-ish time. Oh, yeah. I literally sobbed into my hands thinking this was a real thing that was going to happen. I was at a, a friend's house for a sleepover. Had my mom come pick me up. I was inconsolable. <laughs> inconsolable. Then a few years later, I tried to watch it again. Same thing happened to me because like, I'm totally over this. No, I cried my yeah. eyes out. And I honestly have not watched it ever since. To this day, I have not seen it since. I understand that. My story is much shorter. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was traumatizing for me. <laughs> no, I just, I was lucky enough to see it. I mean, I just saw it the one time. I saw it on the big screen at the Tampa Theater, which is this awesome old, or like you're describing Gorgeous. in Boise, uh, an ornate theater. And mm -hmm. it was right shortly after release, so the mystique was still happening. It wasn't completely overexposed and everything. Yeah. So that was my story. <laughs> no, I was traumatized. Well, I think from a marketing perspective, I mean, they they really just embrace that whole, like, gorilla vibe. Oh, I mean, yeah. they did the missing posters mm -hmm. and... It's it's really remarkable what they pulled off in a time like pre-internet. Yeah, you could really like fun. find out. Yep. Yeah, he's great. Cool. Number two, um, fish scales of nappy roots. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Uh, and they're coming here. Yep. Fort Myers or Florida. Fort Myers. Fort Myers to where? Arts on Tap. Oh, awesome. Ah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Arts on Tap cool. is a really cool event that uh, we have here in Southwest Florida. That about a bunch of different bands. Where does that come event in. happen? Downtown Fort Myers and Centennial Park, right? No, isn't that no. Not, isn't it, it happens at the Alliance, it happens for, the at the Alliance for the Arts. Oh, I'm thinking of Why else would I Taps say and that? Tunes. I'm so sorry. 
There's a di- my bad. Ew. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Can we edit that all out? No, no. no I don't no. mind looking like I don't know what I'm talking we about. We like to lean into our ignorance. Um, okay, third person. Jamie Becker. Who who is that again? He's a friend of mine in Boise. Uh, I call him my my sister wife. Um, his wife and I are very good friends. We've been neighbors with them for the last ten years prior to moving. Uh, big fish head, huge. Uh, gosh, he's he's so into music. He'd be a fun one. Music speaks to him. They have a public radio station there, Boise. They sure do. Okay, well we can stick them in the studio. We have internet there. too, Mike. It's amazing. <laughs> oh. On that note, do you have any final (laughs) thoughts to leave us with? Did we just become best friends? (laughs) (laughs) We might have. Um, I'm just really thankful to be a part of Fort Myers in Southwest Florida. I'm excited to be here and love these opportunities. So thank you. You're welcome. And I'm happy to have been a part of what makes it cool these days. That's right. Yeah. So there's that. Tara, too. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Christophus is executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I'm delving back into my time at the Alliance, particularly to its Folds Theater, which sometimes hosts concerts. The first thing that popped into my head was a harp guitarist named Andy Wahlberg. If you've never seen a harp guitar, Google it. It's kind of like a mashup of an acoustic guitar and an acoustic bass that allows for some downright rich music making. I used to run lights for the Sunday acoustic shows we'd do, and Andy would play periodically, so here's to being in the booth at the Alliance watching great music on a fantastic little stage and Andy Wahlberg performing Bohemian Rhapsody to an attentive crowd. listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. But I found it. So every time they'd leave the house, I would play it. Wow. And I had this one. You're a rule breaker. (laughs) I was was terrible. (laughs) 